0: my goodness here we go we already got a there we go and we are live on the grid network on youtube and on twitter good evening everybody and welcome to the eight o'clock spot i am your host slash moderator bryson carver and we've got a jam-packed show on tap for you guys tonight we got three panelists and gonna go and get cuts of a chase barry grant jr our points leader i guess has been since week one the wrench as he's become known barry no props today how how are you feeling
1: i come for business sir yeah that's it you do that's all i got
0: oh that's it okay okay well that's that's okay. So Mike Guido, who might I add if uh Mike Guido a happily married man, a newly happily married man, welcome to the show. Uh how you doing?
2: Great, Bryson. I think that it's been a long time coming since I have, you know, been prepared to unseat the uh the presumed point leader. I mean, not presume. know, presumed debate presumed. debate as much as we want but the presumed point leader in barry grant jr i have officially come to unseat him and it's gonna be fun doing so
0: as long as you don't freeze that, that we should be good as long as you don't turn back into frozone that's gonna be i that am should, should be, i am
2: frozone baby that, that's not a that's not a
0: badge of honor on this show mike it's just it's just not uh john if you can mute your mic uh, unmute your mic real quick john john welcome back to the eight o'clock spot my man how are you doing
3: Thank you, thank you. Glad to be back. Congratulations,
0: Mike. Welcome to the club again, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And by the way, uh, I, I, we're not doing any Jets topics, John-John, because John, you were gracious enough to join the show, so I didn't want to just beat you down with the Zach Wilson stuff. Uh, that's, that's not fair to you. It's not fair to Jets Nation out there who's been just uh, right. dealing with some bad football for a very long time. But let's go and get right into it. First of all, check our leaderboard super fast. So, again, you see Barry at the top, followed by Alfred, Devin, Dalton, Mike, Alex, Adam, and there's John-John at the bottom. But I have a feeling John-John's probably going to hop. Uh, maybe both the campaign guys by uh, by night's end. So it should be a fun day. Uh, First-round rules real quick for the 8th. A- clock spot a great take nets you 200 points a good take 100 a okay take gives you 50 points a bad take you come up empty with zero points let's move on to what was maybe the shock of the nfl outside of the Dolphins scoring 70 points how about my man joshua dobbs out of the university of tennessee space dobbs uh out here leading the arizona cardinals to victory over the dallas cowboys uh dak prescott Struggled in the red zone. The Cowboys often struggles in the red zone. Dak threw an interception. They got down inside the 10, I believe, four times. Only came up with one touchdown. The defense struggled, giving up over 200 yards rushing. So I will start with you, Barry. We got two Cowboy fans, Barry and Mike. Uh, starting with you, Barry, uh, is it panic mode in Dallas only three weeks in? No,
1: it's not panic mode time in Dallas yet. But what they need to be concerned about is the guy that's behind center. I've said it. On my show, and I've said it, and I will continue to say it, the Dallas Cowboys will be as successful as the guy throwing the football this year. It has nothing to do with the defense. It has nothing to do with the running attack. It has nothing to do with Mike McCarthy. It's about the guy that's throwing the ball. And what we've seen on Sunday is a guy that did not pick up his defense. We have to remember, Trayvon Diggs hurt to, uh, towards ACL on Thursday. So they were already uh, mid-season, mid-week in regards to their preparation. They had this this horrible uh, freak accident happen to them. And now the defense is, is, you can tell that they just didn't have it. So in that type of situation, you expect your quote-unquote leader to be able to look at that defense, look them down and say, listen, I got you guys this week. I'm going to pick you guys up. I'm going to make sure that the offense is here. We're going to we're going to have you guys back today. Just keep it close. I know you guys probably are not going to be sharp like that, but I got you. And what we ended up seeing is one for five in the red zone and a terrible uh, pick in, in the red zone in regards to triple coverage. That's what the defense. That, that's what Dallas, the, the the Dallas Cowboys, should be panicked about is the quarterback. Not the actual total team, but the actual quarterback and what the actual mindset of the quarterback is because that was a terrible performance against a team that plays hard and we did not see any heart out of the quarterback. That's what they should be worried about.
0: As a Dak Prescott fan since, college, or since he was his, his college days, I, I've seen plenty of da- bad Dak Prescott performances. That I would not qualify would not qualify as one of them. He was not good, uh, but I would not consider him just terrible. There was a game last year against Washington in which he was awful, but I would not put this in that discussion. Uh, however, though, y- your point is well taken. It was a bad goal line pick, uh, no question about it. To Mike Guido now, fellow uh, Dak skeptic with Barry Grant Jr., uh, your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys. Is this panic mode three weeks in, and does it have to do with the quarterback more than it
2: does anything else? So I know that I'm I'm running myself at a risk here because I know that you are such a Dak stand that I'm afraid that if I I'm don't objective. say anything pro-Dak, I, if I don't say anything pro-Dak, I'm going to be sacrificing points here in the first round. But um, yes, I, truth, truth be told, I don't know that panic is the word that I would use, but concern, absolutely. This is a really big problem that the Cowboys have had for, a, for several, several years. So if you look at... What Dak has done in his career, and this is the problem that he's had throughout his entire career so far, is that we know that Dak Prescott is not a bad quarterback, but I think he's average to the point where, you know, when you put him, you know, in the category of the elites, right, of Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, these big-time guys, Rogers, whoever else, right? Those are guys, and I've said it for years, that can make stuff work, even though things aren't perfect. That's really the the issue that I've had with Dak. You know, the defense gave up 220 plus yards on the ground. It's not a great look for the defense, right? They they lost Trayvon Diggs on Thursday. They had practiced all week with Trayvon Diggs in the lineup. Then they get on the plane and he's not playing, right? That's a big deal. The offensive line had several injuries. That's part of it. And the two starters that were playing, one of them was Terrence Steele, one of them was Tyler Smith, who was which was his first game back. So there is something to be said about about the surroundings of, of where Dak was. But the reality is, is that you need to find ways to win when things don't go your way. This is a long NFL season. Guys get hurt. Guys get banged up. The Starters are out of the lineup. Whatever. You need to still find ways to win. And everything around Dak has changed throughout his entire career and improved to that matter. We all thought going into the season this was going to be a, a high-powered offense. Given the change with Kellen Moore, it was going to be more suited towards him. So, listen, it, this is concerning to me. If he can't be productive against a team like Arizona, where I think we can all all agree they played well, but they're not going to make the playoffs. This is, not, this is a bottom-tier NFL team right now. This is concerning for me. In Dallas's defense, though,
0: and not even just Dak, but in Dallas' defense, and I talked about this on Carving It Up Live yesterday, that even Super Bowl champions, we've seen them lose. I mean, Kansas City last year against the Indianapolis Colts. Like, man, they lost, we, we look back, they won the Super Bowl. Wait, they lost to the old Matt Ryan four-wing Colts, uh, you know, just a few games of the season. So, I don't think, again, I don't think it's necessarily panic mode for Dallas, but there are legit concerns. And and listen, you you are, your assessment is fair in that, obviously, the, the sur- uh, surrounding pieces around Dak, or the surrounding circumstances around Dak weren't perfect, and, and neither was he. Uh, to John Rivera, uh Uh, uh, your thoughts on the Cowboys' loss, and do you think it is potentially panic mode for them? Hold on. I think we lost John, John. You still there? Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. Okay. Uh, If we do panic meter, I'd say like a seven. And I'll put it more on coaching, man, because this is like the second week in a row where the red zone was terrible. They kicked like, what, like four field goals in the red zone against my Jets last week? And then this week they struggled again. So I think they gotta find someone, you know, to be that end zone.
0: I think John John's breaking out a little bit here. I think I think we're losing him. He, it Seven. turns out John John might have took your he might have took your uh title. Mike, uh frozen. Is it you back? I think John John's back. I'm here, I'm
3: here. Okay. Nah, there you go. Go I, ahead, go ahead. Nah, you running the show and you're a Dak fan, so that's what happened. When I started talking about Dak <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Now nah, I'm just saying he just need to, you know. Like I said, in the red zone, don't don't uh, stress too much. But I think it's more on play calling in the red zone than anything. I mean, Diggs' injury is definitely going to affect them long long haul. But for right now, they just got to work on that red zone, man, because like I said, they kicked well, four or five field goals against my Jets in the red zone. And this week, they couldn't punch it in a couple times. So I think they'll be all right. So the panic mode for me will be a seven. I'll put it more on coaching than anything. Wow, that's interesting. Seven. So seven out of ten? Panic mode, yeah, because this, wow. this is Dallas what we're talking about. We're not talking about a regular team. We're talking about the add- Cowboys, you know what I mean?
0: I mean, I guess you're not necessarily wrong in that assessment, John. I so saw It's fair enough to you. Uh, let's look real quick. Uh, let's, let's look at some comments. Obviously everybody's uh, more than, more than, uh, welcome to chime in the comment section, complete sports media comments. Dak isn't the leader that the Cowboys should be relying on. Interesting. He also says, uh, it had to hurt a little bit for the Cowboys. As some people predicted, the Cardinals were going to go winless this season. I gave them one single solitary win, but then a the guy must've un- underestim- underestimated my man, Joshua Dobbs. What a performance. Yes. I mean, how, how good was he? I mean, it, that's a starting NFL quarterback as far as I'm concerned. I'd take him over Zach Wilson. Uh, I think John, John would agree with me uh, in that regard. Uh, let's look at our uh, point totals. Barry, okay take. I was that close to docking to, to zero, but the problem with the, with your assessment was not only did you criticize Dak's leadership, was it was the fact that you're saying that, hey, that he's the only factor, the only thing holding the Cowboys back, you know, yes. potentially winning. The coaching is awesome, and the yes. defense, despite a bad performance, was now the defense, I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, oh, here's, line, here's why
1: uh, I know that you're biased. The first oh. two weeks of the season, the defense carried the quarterback. The one week that the defense needed the quarterback to carry them, he didn't do it, and they lost. So if you want to give me 50 points, go ahead. But it's a very biased 50 points. I, I wouldn't even take the zero. <laughs> Don't even give me 50. Just give no, me the zero. No, you get
0: the 50. We, we are, no, we are, give no, me the zero. You're, out here talking about, you're, you're talking about You're know, he's a terrible leader all this nonsense. He that's, is. That's crazy. He's not a terrible leader. Uh, so Mike Guido, uh, you're going to get mad at me, Barry. I'm giving Mike the full 200, and here's why. Okay, it's it's, it's not just it's not cause I know Mike 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 is not a BSer. Mike is not a BSer. You know, he wasn't just trying to 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 give Dak love just to make me feel good. No, 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 no. He was objective. He's talking about, hey, offensive line ain't great. Dak didn't play well. The end zone pick was bad. Uh when the problem when the situation around Dak isn't, you know, to to, to the, the perfect degree, the Cowboys tend to struggle. Dak tends to struggle. So that's I think it was a fair take, a good take. And that is why he didn't go after Dak's leadership. Okay. That's if there's anything you should not criticize Dak for, it is about leadership, man. The, the guy's a rock in that locker room. Uh no, so John he's not. Rivera. Uh, That's debatable. Um, John Rivera, 100 points. Uh, I'm giving you, uh, John, John, uh, solid take. I thought it was interesting you brought up the coaching because, you know, listen, red zone, absent of quarterback play, can a lot of times come down, uh, you know, to coaching, to play design because the defense is more compressed. Uh, So, yeah, solid take by by John Rivera. I'll give him uh, 100 points. Uh, Let's move on to our second topic. Uh, First of all, second-round rules. Uh, Great take nets you 400, a good take 200, okay take 100, and a bad take nets you nothing. To the... (laughs) (laughs) The story of the NFL, at least outside of Kansas City, Missouri, was the fact that an NFL team scored 70 points, uh, which the Miami Dolphins did, scoring 10 offensive touchdowns against the Denver Broncos, Tua Tungavailoa. I don't know how he did not get a perfect passer rating. He got 155. How he didn't get 158 is beyond me. He was about as close to perfect as possible. Over 300 yards uh, passing, over 300 yards rushing. Miami looked absolutely unstoppable. So I'll start with you this time, Mike Guido. Are the Dolphins the best team in the NFL?
2: Yeah, I think you have to say that at this point. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's a clear number one. I still think San Francisco is fairly high, uh, fairly high up there. I think even, you know, with the struggles that the Eagles have shown. Uh, as far as the offensive side of the football is concerned, I think they need to be considered as well. But right now, I think Miami looks as stable as any team in the league. Um, I know that there are concerns about the defense that are, uh, are going to be looming, but I think Jalen Ramsey coming back is going to be a really big deal for them, uh, especially in that secondary. And truth be told, I mean, this is one of the things that I think we expected when Mike McDaniel took over because so many people were surprised when they fired Brian Flores and they hired Mike McDaniel – and everybody was outraged because Brian Flores was doing a good job in Miami. This is why. This is what is going on. This offense is incredibly innovative. He's getting the best out of Tua. I think most people believed that, especially after the injury last year, I mean, there were a lot of people that thought that Tua's career was going to be over. And at this point, Tua looks like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe top 10 to this point. So, listen, it. I agree with you. I'm not sure what constitutes you getting a perfect pack, passer rating, because if you look at it, Tua had a one. Uh, what was it? 155.8 passer rating. Mike White, who they brought in for two passes, was two for two for 67 yards and a touchdown himself, and he had a perfect passer rating. So <laughs> we have no idea how that's cal- calculated, but this is a team that can run the football incredibly well. They've got two powerhouse backs with Devon A. Chain and Raheem Mostert. They've got wide receivers up the wazoo. Keep in mind, too, this was all while Jalen Waddell wasn't even playing last week. So, listen, this is is a scary, scary team, and it just looks like, right, and you get the feeling this is not really an analytical sense, but the Dolphins are the team this year where it kind of feels like so far everything is going right, and usually those teams go pretty deep in the playoffs if not going all the way. So, I would say right now – I would feel most comfortable saying that Miami's the best team in football, yes.
0: And the fact that they've added as good of a running game, I talked about that last week when they beat New England, the fact they've added a running game, and they've obviously improved the offensive line over the last couple of years. Uh, but you're right, what they did without Jalen Waddell, too. Too. And listen, the Broncos by no means have a good defense, not even a, a solid okay defense, but still 70 is just beyond the realm of, of, of imagination for any of us. Uh, to John Rivera, uh, again, Jets fan, so he doesn't care too much for the Miami Dolphins. Are, is Miami the best team in the NFL, John? John? Yeah, like,
3: like Mike said, I would say at the moment they are, because they're just looking good on every aspect. Tua looking good, throwing the ball. Tyreek Hill, nobody can stop him. He's probably offensive player of the year. Running game is looking good. Defense is okay, and like you said, he's still got Rams. He still hasn't even touched the field yet. So just imagine how that's going to help the defense, what's going to even help the offense, you know what I mean? Because they're going to hold, hold teams down, and the offense is just putting you know pressure on the other teams' defense. So right now, at the moment, i definitely put my Emmy as number one. I wanted to put him to, to win the AFC East. But, you know, like we had Aaron Rodgers, so I was getting a little cocky. But as long as two is upright, man, and healthy, man, that team is scary. I, I don't definitely want to face him at, at the moment because, like I said, our offense sucks, so that means our defense is going to be on the field with them three and outs. But at the moment, like I said, they're clicking on all cylinders. And, like I said, it's only three games, so they out – but they, they got with the shooters, which was the Chargers. The Chargers can shoot anybody out. And then they played a close game with New England, division rivals. So they played, a, you know, a gutsy game, you know what I mean? So, they, hey, they're clicking on all cylinders, man, in three games. They put up 70. They could have had a record. I would have went for the record. But for right now, like I said, they're clicking on all cylinders and they not even hit the, the full throttle yet. So Miami is the number one team at the moment.
0: I'm so with you. I would absolutely would have went for the record. Uh, That that is. Listen, I I could. You know, who who cares about how Denver's feeling? I mean, Sean Payton was already pissed after the game, so it's not like you're gonna make him. I guess any more mad than
3: he would have been. Uh, If you've got a chance to go for
0: the record, go for it. Yeah, it's the record. It's the record. record. If it was
3: for something else, then no. You know what I mean? But for the record, you got to go for it.
0: Absolutely, and and like you you mentioned, they're clicking on all cylinders. They they somehow look better every week, uh, defensively. If you know again, if Jalen Ramsey comes back and he's peaked Jalen Ramsey, that they could be really scary if healthy. Finally, you to you, Barry, because you said back in Week One, you said, and it, it looks like a pretty darn good take today that the Dolphins are the best team, or sorry, the best offense in the NFL. Are they the best team in the NFL now?
1: You know, you know what's crazy about when I speak is that people tend to not like to listen to me. I remember Dalton looked at me like I was crazy when I said that the Miami Dolphins had the best offense in football. Now now look what it looks like. Oh, 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 surprise. I'm not surprised. But if they're the best team in football, no, it's still the 49ers. The 49ers are still the best team in football because they have the uh, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense. They have sturdy Brock Purdy. They have a great offense as well. But newsflash against... Uh, 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 when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. They had a very good offense last year, too. You want to hear a real interesting stat? Through three games, Tua has the same completion percentage, uh, total uh, completions and attempts through three games that he had last season. It's It's the exact same stat. So when Tua plays in this Mike McDaniel system, they are a great offense. They've shown that last year. And they're only improving on that. The defense is going to be a bend, don't break type of defense. They don't need them to be all world this year. They just need them to keep games close. And that offense is going to be explosive. So for me to say that they're the best team in the the NFL, no, I'm not going to say that. But they're definitely the most dynamic offense in the NFL and the most scariest offense in the NFL. That's as far as I'll
0: go. I mean, look, again, at their peak, they score 70. I mean, it, it, it's tough. But like you said, and listen, San Francisco's defense is, I, I've said all offseason, I don't know where their weakness is defensively, even offensively, but especially the defensive side. They yeah, got the best linebackers in football. Player. Best linebackers of football in Warner and Greenlaw. Great pass rushers, great interior linemen, great, uh, Hufunga's awesome in the secondary. So listen, they're, they're, and they're well coached on that side of the ball. So, yeah, yeah the 49ers, you yeah, absolutely have a compelling case. Uh, no question about it. Let's look at a few comments here. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, um our, our guy Devin says uh zone is back he's excited to see Mike Guido uh uh back on the eight o'clock spot uh Parnell our guy at the grid he says Tua and Flores were never on the same page McDaniel's been a life changer for Tua bottom line the bigger issue was Denver and he says I think the Eagles have the better team interesting we're actually going to talk about Philly on uh, just a second so we'll get everybody's take uh, on them but uh let's go to our point totals uh Mike Guido uh great take um a- again you mentioned the fact that you know, the, the, the relationship between Tua and McDaniel, and kind of hit on it is has improved drastically. Uh, uh, or the relationship between Tua and McDaniel is much better than the Tua Flores was. Uh, Flores' one was for the first couple of years. Uh, and again, this offense with no Jalen Waddle looks absolutely insane. Uh, John Rivera, I'm going to give you uh, a, a great take, 500 points here. Uh, again, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey being out. And again, if he comes, I've never been the biggest Jalen Ramsey guy, but if he comes back in peak form, that could be very, very scary uh, for the National Football League. And Barry, make up for it. Great take. Okay, great take on the San Francisco 49ers I tend to kind of agree with you but that yeah and some of it too that my thing is we've seen San Francisco do it the postseason now in fairness to it was hurt last year uh, so we kind of got to see if they're able to put together this um, you know this playoff run but uh, you, you know you, you you would probably have the most uh credible Miami Dolphins take out there because you've been in on them but also you know hold my objectivity saying San Francisco is probably the better today um so yeah there's, there's no question about that moving on to our third topic real quick third round rules you know what it is great take 800 points good Good take 400, okay 200, and a bad take is nothing. Let's move on to uh, the, f- or, yeah, I guess it was the first of the Monday night double dip last night. The Philadelphia Eagles knocked off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, with an outstanding defensive performance, especially up front. Offensively, a little choppy. Jalen Hurts uh, th- through, you know, a couple of interceptions, but the running game was outstanding once again with DeAndre Swift. That offensive line looks like one of, if not the best, in the National Football League. So I will, uh, I'll start with you this time, John. John, uh, were you impressed, or have you been impressed with Philadelphia's performance? Through three games and their
3: 3 0 start. Yeah, I, was, I would say I'm impressed because you got to think last year, it's like this. Like I had the same take on Kansas City before they made some Super Bowl runs. When you're blowing teams out, it's, e- it's an easy, you know, it's an easy game. You know what I mean? You're blowing teams out. But the real games are when you you face with adversity and close games. Those are the games that you need to win, especially when it comes to the playoffs. You know what I mean? I know y'all got y'all Dallas fans know about that. But I would say, yeah, I like, like I said, Philly, Philly ain't even hit the top, top, or level tier yet. And like I said, once they get it together, and I'm impressed by the wins, the close wins. Like I said, the offensive line is playing. Like I said, we all could have ran through them holes they did last night against Tampa, for sure. So, like I said, Philly is definitely in that top three, and they could be considered top one, the top dogs in, in the league, and they ain't even hit their stride yet. So, yeah.
0: That's that's interesting, and again, I think Philadelphia, at least in my view, has the is the best team in the NFL in terms of uh, up front offensive and defensive lines. Uh, San Francisco's in that discussion as well. There's plenty of other teams you could throw in as well, but Philadelphia can get to the quarterback, and they can stop the run. They can obviously uh, create very large holes for guys like DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell uh, as well in the backfield. To you, Barry. Now, uh, do you think are you impressed with Philadelphia's performance through the first three games? Uh, and do you you know do you think they're at least in the discussion for best team in the NFL?
1: I will answer the second part first that yeah, they're they're in the discussion of one of the best teams in the NFL. But I am not going to say that I'm impressed with them. Um, I don't think that the competition that they've played is very stout. I mean, we're, th- we're we're talking about the Patriots that they played. Correct. Patriots are not a great football team. They have good defensive pieces. They have a legendary Hall of Fame coach. But they're not necessarily a world beater when it comes to football right now. The Vikings, Vikings are a pretty decent team, but the Vikings are winless right now. They've been in some, they've been in some, some, um, some shootouts, but they have some deficiencies on their end of the football. Correct. And now you're talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks, who've played inspired football for the first three weeks of the season. But they're also not a very good team if you're going to talk about the totality of what they face. So we're talking about a Philadelphia Eagles team that pretty had a cheese schedule last year. They ran through that. And the teams, obviously, you got to play the teams on your schedule, but they haven't really played a holy crap. Look at look look at this team yet. So before I see that, I, I'm going to hold off my my opinion about them being. or or being impressed with them or them being one of the top-tier, upper-tier teams in the NFL. Uh, You know, Jalen Hurts tends to make a lot of mistakes when there's pressure on him. He tends to make some bonehead decisions as well, but they have a very good – you know, collection of talent. DeAndre Swift has always been a very talented court, uh, running back, right? But injuries have kind of played his career. That's why that's why Detroit let him go. So you know, it's not talent that 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 they have a, 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 a you know a deficiency at. It's just about you know the the level of competition. They haven't really impressed me, and I I, I want to see how they look against the San Francisco's and the other teams. So I would say that I'm not really that impressed.
0: Well, listen, it's, it's, it's absolutely a fair take, and obviously we'll get to your point total later, but you know, you mentioned the first few games of the season, they got Washington and the Rams and Jets. He, he, listen to the schedule starting on October 22nd. Listen to their schedule that, that starting in that stretch. They got the Dolphins, they've got at Washington, Dallas at Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle. That's a I mean, tough that stretch that is as brutal of a stretch as there yeah. is in the NFL. So listen, that middle part of their schedule will really kind of define their season in terms of what they can be. Obviously, we assume health. Uh, finally do you, Mike Guido, uh, have you been impressed with the 3-0 start that the Philadelphia Eagles have put together?
2: Uh, you know, I'll say yes, but not for a reason that you might think um, because Jalen Hurts has not been a world beater since, uh, since the start of this season. Three picks, three touchdowns. He's been a fairly average quarterback since... Uh, since the start of this season and this is a an Eagles team that I think at the very most and maybe the most in the NFL right now relies on how they run the football if you look at what they've done the last two weeks they've run the ball for over 200 yards the last two weeks they've done a really great job at Controlling time of possession, controlling the pace of the game, and not forcing Jalen Hurts to do too much because Barry's right. He has been a little bit mistake prone, especially when he's faced a lot of pressure. So, as far as that's concerned, I think I'm impressed with the Eagles because. This is a team that I don't think has put it all together yet on either side of the football, right? They almost gave away the game against New England. They almost gave away a game against Minnesota. And listen, this is this is a team that I think can take advantage of a lot of bad teams, kind of like Dallas, right? They're going to take advantage of a lot of bad teams. But this is the difference between a, a team like Philly and a team like Dallas and a team like the Chargers and some of these other guys, is that the Eagles know how to win ugly. This is the thing that I think impresses me about them, is that... Even when things don't go 100% perfect with them, they give up bad plays on defense. Jalen Hurts isn't completing a good percentage of his throws. They can't really move the football through the air. They're still finding ways to win football games and making making big plays. So, no, as far as they've looked, listen, I would say that a team like Dallas, San Francisco, Miami, Kansas City, any of these other teams have looked more impressive as far as the eye test is concerned, but – What impresses me about the Eagles is that even when things aren't going 100% perfect, they're finding ways to win games ugly. And I agree with you. I think when we get later on in the season and they hit that tough stretch, we'll actually find out what they're made of. But as of right now, I'm impressed by how they're able to win games even when they don't look 100%.
0: And they have multiple ways to beat you. And again, I think it has a lot to do with what they have up front uh, on the offensive and defensive line. So I think it's a, you know, that's that's, that's a great point by you. Uh, let's see. Let's get to our uh, point totals. I will start with we have there. We go, uh, John Rivera. Uh, solid take. Good take. Uh, again, I think Philadelphia is obviously in a good spot where uh, you know you obviously can beat you up front. Um, the, the running game is is outstanding. Uh, and again, Tampa Bay isn't. Uh, we don't. We're, I don't think we exactly see Tampa Bay doing what they did three years ago, and winning the Super Bowl. Uh, but listen, solid take by you. Uh, to uh, to Barry Grant Jr. I'm going to give you, a, once again, another great take. Uh, like you said, the, the early part of the schedule kind of reminds you a little bit of last year. Like you yep. said, uh, took advantage of a bad schedule. Cheese schedule. Cheese quarterbacks a lot of last year. And yeah. the good quarterbacks they face they got torched by. Well, now they're facing it now. They look good against Baker, obviously. But, but yeah, backup quarterback, who he really is a backup. He just, uh, people catch up to me on Mac Jones. Uh, but Mac Jones <laughs> you know, looked like a competent player against Philadelphia, okay? Kirk Cousins <laughs> looks like a pro bowler. And he has been in the past. But I'm talking about, like, top five-level quarterback against Philadelphia a week ago so uh, like you like again it's it's gonna be that that middle part of the schedule that's gonna be you know key for them in terms of whether or not they can you know make another run uh, Mike Guido's in first place I'm gonna give him another great take uh, listen I, I think with you you talk about them having multiple ways to beat you uh, they're very physical they' Jalen hurts is kind of been up and down but uh, again winning ugly football it, it, we, we forget sometimes that uh, and, and maybe this was a bad question to ask just in this regard that you know the NFL is not the the AP it's not the you know we come out with the new rankings list every week where it's not you can win football games, you move on in the next week, you address your issues right. you know, when you can. Uh, to our fourth round, this is the last round you know, with with the three candidates, uh, with the three uh, panelists, rather, uh, on here. Our fourth round rules, we got a great take, gives you 1,600 points, a good take, 800, okay take, 400, and a bad take, zero. To the second Monday night football game, it actually happened to be a Super Bowl rematch between the LA Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow was a game-time decision, was able to suit up, Played okay, uh, listen, didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, uh, th- through an interception, albeit it was a great play by the DB, uh, but listen, Cincinnati ran the ball well with Joe Mixon, uh, Jamar Chase uh, had double-digit catches, Joe Burrow was not exactly, again, put in a position where he was, you know, compromised too much physically, um, but I'll start with, uh, with you this time, Barry, uh, do you think the Bengals are making a mistake in putting Joe Burrow out there and potentially risking more serious injury? Well I mean
1: I, the, the thing is they're stuck between a rock and a hard place right they they have a very good team offensively to be able to compete with the 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 Kansas City uh, Chiefs and the the Chargers and the the Dolphins they are one of the, the the most dynamic offensive teams out there they have one of the best quarterbacks in football that can be able to have them stay in games and come back and, you know, all the comeback victories that he's had, you know, whether it be a bad offensive line, a good offensive line, Joe Burrow is solid, right? So they have to make a decision. Well, we don't, we don't want to kind of punt this season because they have a lot of question marks going forward, you know, on their offensive line, in their defense that they might not be able to keep it together. Right? So, Try to win as much as you can now. You have to trust your quarterback. You have to trust how he's feeling. And if Joe Burrow is 70%, I would take a 70% Joe Burrow than 100% uh, Kirk Cousins or 100% Mac Jones, right? So those things, I think you have to, at this point of Joe Burrow's career, the Bengals trust him. They trust him to be able to communicate in regards to um, how he's feeling how he can be able to go out there. Listen, his numbers weren't great yesterday, 26 for 49, 259 yards, but he kept them in the game with some really, really good throws. And that's something that you can't really rely on somebody else that's on the practice squad or the backup quarterback that's never thrown an NFL pass. So those are things that they have to worry about. And, yeah, I I think they they have to go this path. And, you know, they might be taking a risk, but it's a risk that they have to take.
0: Yeah, and again, they started 0-2, and this was kind of, I felt like a must win for them, that if they lose to the LA Rams, again, like we talked about Philadelphia's schedule, Cincinnati's schedule is no slouch as well, given the division they play in, given that it's a first-place schedule in the AFC, and they also got the Niners on their schedule out of the NFC, so they had to win this game. Joe Burrow played well enough to win. By the way, the defense played excellent against Stafford and the Rams' offense, but um, to you, Mike Guido, now, do you think the Bengals are, are making a mistake in terms of putting Joe Burrow out there and running the risk that they could lose him for the season?
2: Well, I, I mean, I think... The question is is a little tough because I, it depends on how hurt Joe Burrow really is. I mean, if, if they're running him out there and he really shouldn't be playing, because I don't know that you know any of us really know what the doctors are telling him and or whatever, or telling the team or or whatever that you know whatever the case really may be. But if he can go out there, he should absolutely play. I mean, this is you know it, you kind of brought it up, Bryson, and this was kind of the point that I was going to make is that the Bengals really can't rely on Jake Browning in this division. I mean, we're looking at a division right now where the Ravens look like they're a real team. The Cleveland Browns look like they're a real team with a very good defense. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, your Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think are a slouch either. You know, Regardless of what you think of Kenny Pickett, that's a very real Pittsburgh Steeler defense as well. I think, I agree with what Barry said 100%. If you can get 70 to 75% of Joe Burrow that's what gives you the biggest chance to win. You know, again, the we all know what the state of NFL rosters are. Once you have to start paying guys, other guys you can't afford got to go. So as long as you have this roster, you have to find ways to win football games. Now, the struggle is, is that Cincinnati's offensive line is not great. Joe Burrow's faced a lot of pressure in his career, and that's the scary part. But I think right now, if Joe Burrow feels like he can play, You absolutely have to play him. This is a tough division. This is a tough AFC. You want to be able to compete in this league. And you're right. The Bengals' schedule is not easy. You're playing the 49ers. You're playing Buffalo. You're playing Kansas City. You're playing a lot of real teams going on later in the season. So, no, I don't think that they're making a mistake. I think Joe Burrow is right now, depending on how hurt he is, if he's able to go out – I mean – It doesn't look like he's limping, right? Like he's not really, really struggling to move too, too much. It just might be a little bit of a leverage on his throws kind of thing. If he can go out there, he's your best chance to win, regardless of how he's looked through the first three weeks.
0: Oh, no question, he's the best chance to win. And you hit on something that I was going to bring up: that the Bengals' offensive line, which, and again, it's so frustrating to watch because it looks like every offseason they're putting money, they're investing. They got Orlando Brown this offseason, and then once again, Joe Burrow's running for his life. Joe Burrow's getting injured, uh, so it's a tough spot, you know, in terms of be- him being able to stay healthy. So, and like you mentioned, that division has a lot of great defensive lines, especially in Cleveland and in Pittsburgh. So that's going to be something to, for the Bengals to monitor moving forward. To John Rivera, now, uh, again, that the the Bengals started 0 2 last year. They beat your Jets. Not to sorry to bring the Jets into. Again, uh, and then got on the roll, ended up getting to the AFC Championship game. But uh, do you think the Bengals are running a, a major risk or making a mistake in running a major risk in playing Joe Burrow with the calf injury?
3: Hey, the, uh, the Warriors wasn't making no risk when they put KD out there, right?
0: <sighs> thanks, championship, but thanks, John,
3: like, John. no, what I'm just saying with that is like you want your star players out there. If, they can, if he's good enough to go out there, and the doctors think he's good enough to go out there, he's gonna go out there. Oh, thought he was good enough for KD. Just like for you know KD, they thought he was good enough. Kurt Schilling, the Dodger uh, Red Sox reference, he was out there pitching with a bloody sock, right? If your guy can play, man, you gotta go play him, man. You know what I mean? And just like all these guys said, 60, 70% Joe Burrow is better than 60, 70% of the league. You know what I mean? Being injured or whatever. Like I said, the NFL windows closed real fast, man. So definitely a strong division. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. And it's still up for grabs, even though it's strong, it's still up for grabs. And he got enough talent that, you know, as long the Joe can get the ball to chase here and there, and, you know, the offensive line can hold up a little bit with Mixon, they'll be all right. But they're definitely not running a risk for him. I don't think, like I said, if he wasn't, the doctors and himself think he wasn't good enough to go out there, then he wouldn't be out there. So I don't think they're running a risk at all.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I will say though about the Kevin Durant thing. I mean, how did that how did that in for my Warriors? That's obviously a rhetorical question. It, it probably potentially potentially cost us a championship in 2019 and, and cost KD a year and a half of basketball. So hopefully, you know, knock everybody knock on wood that that doesn't happen to Joe Burrow, of course. Right. Um, and, and, and so listen, like like you said though, you know, 70% of Joe Burrow is better than just about all of the NFL. And and listen, again, right. it's a tough schedule for Cincinnati, but you know, if, if Joe's ready to go, then you, know, you obviously got to play him. Uh, complete Sports Media in the comments says the Bengals had almost no choice but to play Joe cool, as Jake Browning was the backup option. They were 0-2 on the year. They lose that game last night. The potential of them making the playoffs is over. Yeah, the, the potential for 0-2 teams making the playoffs, we've seen the stat over and over every year, is, is, is pretty small. Uh, 0-3 teams is darn near impossible. I think I, If I'm not mistaken, I think it's like single-digit team, sing, single teams in the history of the league that have started 0-3 and, and gotten to the playoffs. So And the and the Bengals with Joe Burrow could potentially do that, but again, with a healthy Joe Burrow, you'd you certainly like that chance better. Uh, gonna start, let's see, Barry went first. We'll start with Barry. Uh, great take by Barry. I, listen, I know you're a Joe Burrow guy, you have been since the beginning, and and listen, you like it's, it is a, it's it's kind of a situation. The NFL is different than most leagues in that there's only 17 games. There's a sense of urgency, and so yeah. every game matters so much more that does say in baseball or in, in basketball or hockey. Uh So you know, you, if if you have an opportunity again against a, a Rams team that doesn't look terribly great, uh, certainly not like a playoff team, you got to. Yeah, take advantage of that and and see if you can get something going offensively because that's something else too. The rhythm of the Bengals' offense has been off for the last couple of weeks and didn't even lo- look all that great yesterday. But if you can try and build some momentum, that'll obviously be key. Uh, Mike Guido now again in st- staying in first place. Another great take. Three thousand points for for Pro Zone. Uh, listen, it's a. Again, like I said, NFL is a tough league. NFL is or the AFC North, right? It was a tough division. Um, and so you're gonna need everyone you can get. And so to have Joe Burrow out there obviously gives the best chance to do that. Uh jo- oh hold on, let me get John John's point total up here real quick. Uh, cause hold on. There we go. Okay, John, uh, John John, good take. The only reason I docked you some points is because you said, you know, there's there's no risk at all. This is this is a calf injury we're talking about. Again, as you mentioned, we saw what happened with Kevin Durant. We saw what happened with athletes the passive play with with beat up caps. Um, but again, like you said, it's if if he's ready to go, you obviously got to play him. uh so that means uh that means we're we're gonna have a, a match between the the two founders of the grid network but for john john i apologize my yeah. man it's uh it's it's it, it's not gonna work out for you today uh buddy but thank you for coming on how, how, how'd you feel about your performance uh it was all right it was all
3: right, it was all right. <laughs> i know i, I know it's a little home cooking you know what i mean but it, it, oh, it's, all right. it's all right it's all listen, right listen man he
1: didn't he stuff. didn't give you no jet questions john john no jet questions right
3: I wasn't gonna do that to you, my man. Listen, I would have, I, I would have not answered. So what have, what have answer? <laughs> you'd, afford, <laughs> I you'd think have you'd have protested. Was, I, think, I think that would have been the best take, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's <laughs> awesome, John. John, appreciate you coming on uh, on short notice, and hopefully we can have you on the show once again in the future.
3: Yeah, no problem. you guys have a good one. My guy,
0: yes, sir. Man. You too. John Rivera always great stuff on the Fan Perspective podcast and what do you know the co-founders are the founders of the Grid Network square off for the very first time the 8 o'clock it took 8 episodes okay. and it took 8 it took 8 episodes to get to this point and this is going to be a fun one real quick before we get into our topic the final round rules it is a it is a do or die situation the winner is awarded 10,000 points the, the loser nothing zilch nothing let for the, whoever comes in second place in this matchup. And this involves, forget the biggest story in the NFL. How about the biggest story in America right now? Travis Kelsey, ladies and gentlemen, is officially dating Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey caught a touchdown yesterday. It's all over social media. It's making the rounds. Uh, Travis, uh, again, played well. Mahomes said he felt pressure uh, to get him a touchdown. So let me ask you all this question because both y'all are Cowboys fans. And for how this affects me is this happened to be my Super Bowl pick. Um, do you think, because apparently I, I heard today that the NFL's ratings for the Chiefs-Bears game doubled that of every single other game. A lot of that had to do with, with the Swifties out there. Do you think... The NFL would rather the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl and all the publicity that would bring, or Travis Kelsey to go for 200 yards, couple touchdowns, the Super Bowl, win Super Bowl MVP, and he's up there with Taylor, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy for two years in a row. A Travis Kelsey MVP, Barry, or uh, the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl, which do you think would be better for the NFL?
1: You know what's crazy about this this question, Bryson, is that it's not a very easy question to answer. It really isn't. It isn't. All right. Let's go ahead and just go into it. Now, the Swifties, they 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 are power-broking people, right? They they move the needle, right? Travis Kelsey knew exactly what the hell he was doing. The the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl chance. He zeroed in on, on, on poor Taylor Swift, got him to day her. Now, now they're going to be try, try to become America's team. I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't like that, and I know exactly what he was trying to do, but it was clever, very clever. But to answer the question, it's still the Dallas Cowboys. It's still the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking about a team that has not made an NFC championship game in 27 years. They have not been to the Super Bowl in that same amount of time. If the Dallas Cowboys, who's been considered America's team, even though they've been – Bottom feeders, right, in regards to not being in contention for 27 years, if they win or if they w- yeah, if they win the Super Bowl, it'll be the biggest story. It'll be the biggest story for the NFL. They'd be able to sell shirts and jerseys, and, and it would be just like the mid-'90s again. It would go crazy, and the NFL would see a nice little tick, 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 tick in regards to sales and uh, uh, advertisements, um, everything. And then you'll see a lot more Jerry Jones on TV, which we love. Right. So I think it's still the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's, um, you know, they're still America's team. They're still one of the most popular teams around America. And if they win the Super Bowl, it's still a bigger story. Obviously, I don't want to throw shade at the Swifties, but it's still
0: the Dallas we'll come Cowboys. After you, Barry. We'll come after you, I know they will. I
1: know they will. I'm, that's, I'm, that's why I'm not, I'm not throwing no shade. I'm just saying, uh, you know, I respect yeah.
0: them. The, the Swifties and the Beehive, man, those are powerful, powerful groups. No question Facts. about it. Uh, to Mike Guido. Do you think, and the NFL obviously is the king of television, it's the king of American sports. They'll be popular regardless. You know, if the Jaguars win the Super Bowl, they'll be popular. But would it be better for them, and from a publicity standpoint, if America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, goes on to finally hoist a sixth Lombardi Trophy, or if Travis Kelsey wins wins MVP, and there's Taylor Swift right there with him?
2: I agree with Barry Grant. Unfortunately, I do think that the Dallas Cowboys winning the Super Bowl would be a bigger deal, and I think that you know it kind of goes to. You know, it, it, we can all kind of learn a lesson about life in this sort of discussion because there's a difference between like like tabloids and real news. Right. Mm. The Taylor Swift being with Travis Kelsey during a, you know, it, it, during a Super Bowl trophy ceremony or or whatever it would be, is a tabloid. It's a cool little headline. It's a cool little story for a couple of days. But that's it. The Dallas Cowboys winning the Super Bowl for the first time in almost 30 years would be astronomical for not only the football world but for the sports world i think that's a really big thing so as far as that's concerned i think it's the dallas cowboys by far now here's the difference maker i would say it would be taylor swift and travis kelsey if taylor swift was performing at halftime if Taylor Swift was performing at halftime, that would be different. Then it would just be like a full circuit. Sur- it would be something as if like written out of a storybook that everybody in the world could embrace, even people that hate, that hate the Chiefs. It would be an absolute groundbreaking, historical, you'd read about it in history books sort of moment. But right now, since that's not happening and it's Usher instead, I'm still going to say the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Usher's going to do a great job. That's interesting because I read a report saying that Taylor turned the game down. I wonder if that might have had something to do with it. I that's, know that's, I... that is very, very all, interesting. All I like to gonna... say
1: about the Super Bowl and Usher: hide your women.
0: You're not incorrect in that assessment, <laughs> Barry. You're, you're you're just not. Um, hide your women. Okay, oh, so both man. of you, both of you had fantastic takes. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm gonna give you a, you know a round of applause for that. No question about it. As I dial up the celebration music, but the winner this week. The eight o'clock spot. As I get the graphic ready, here we go. Is Mike Guido? Mike Guido wins the eight <laughs> o'clock spot this week. Congratulations, Mike.
2: Listen, I told you that I was gonna go. I was gonna come on here and do it. And what did I do, Bryson? I came here and I unseated the champ. That's what I did. I feel great. Feels fantastic.
0: Congratulations. Does, does this beat the, the feeling of when the Cavs drafted Damani Bates?
2: <laughs> well, well, it comes pretty close, got to tell you, but uh, especially after the performance that Imani Bates put on in the summer league, he looked pretty good in summer league. Yes. Um. So, yes, I, I think this does beat it, but uh, it is pretty close, Bryce, and that was, that was a fun day for both of us, I think. It was a good show, good show for sure. Uh,
0: Barry, uh, again, you are obviously still the points leader, but how do you feel about this? Listen, it, this, it's
1: nothing new on this show that I get to the finals and find some way to lose because there's bias against the villain. Oh, there's bias oh against the gosh. wrench. It's always that. With Mike? It's always that. Listen, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay? What? All I'm saying is this. When the villain and the wrench is not on this show every week, I will be missed. I will
0: be missed. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I don't necessarily doubt that. I'm just saying
2: we we got to be honest. We got to be objective. Mike had the better performance. He did. Mike was better. Mike was okay. solid. No, no, No Bryson. That. Let me let me ask the question here. Has anybody ever gotten a perfect fourteen thousand? Not uh, three, think, we we haven't had that many four think, rounds. So no, yeah, no. Well, you,
1: uh, you, you, Alfred had a perfect score last week as well. He had a perfect
0: score last week, wire to wire win. Um, but well, it was only three rounds. Points. So yeah. Yeah, you've so had the you. So you you hold the single uh, game record, the the max point total possible for the eight o'clock spots. So nice, nice job. Way, way to catch that, uh, Mike. Uh, good job, good job. For thank Sure, you. thank you, Rigged. Yes, sir. Rigged. Here we go again. See, oh, you know, geez, we're have to, we we're go. have to hear about this guys all week until next week in the eight o'clock spot at eight Eastern, five Pacific time on the Grid Network's YouTube and uh, and, and YouTube uh, channel and Twitter account. Be sure to tune into that. Uh, I'm sure the wrench will probably be back. Mike may be back. Uh, who knows what we'll have next week on the show? But uh, be sure to subscribe to the Grid Network. Subscribe to all of our incredible content creators. Follow us on social media: Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. The whole all over all over the place. And uh, once again, this is Bryson Carver from the eight o'clock spot and. uh how about those Pittsburgh Steelers getting a great week three win? Oh, and we'll be three gracious. and one next week. Jeez. We'll see y'all then. Yeah, we, we better have more nice words for Dak Prescott. See y'all on the 8 o'clock spot next week, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific Time. Peace out.